Welcome to the Athlete and the Average Joe, an Eclipse Fuel podcast. I'm Georgia, performance dietitian and athlete. And I'm Ryan, primary school teacher and regular guy. We're here to make healthy and fulfilling living more attainable with handy hints that are realistic and sustainable. But even I can implement. We're all about good vibes here, so drop five stars, subscribe, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to our next episode of The Athlete and the Average Joe. I'm Georgia. And I'm Ryan. We're really happy from the response we got for the first couple of episodes where, yeah, just really chuffed that you guys actually enjoyed it, which is awesome. Yeah, I've been talking to a lot of friends at work and um, just friends in general and they seem to really enjoy the content and the feel of the show too, which is great. Mm, I think our little relaxed approach was was hitting the mark for most people. So we'll continue on that way until you tell us otherwise. Um, and look, we probably won't change even if you wanted us to. We're yeah. just us. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep going. Uh, so today we are going to touch on sleep. And ironic because Ryan is yawning at this point and actually quite tired. Yeah, I uh, had a friend's going away last night. Not that it was a big night in terms of drinking and that but I just was up late and then we were up early with some Sunday commitments so early I got Ryan out of bed like after nine but I was already up you know running and and all that jazz yeah anyway I normally get up about six o'clock for work but just feeling it this week being first week back at school so yeah I was gonna ask you about that how'd your first week go first week with your kiddies yeah it was really good um Got to know the staff a little better and met the kids and we just did some fun activities and set the room up all together. So yeah, it looks like it'll be a really, really good year, but I'm excited about it and it seems like the kids are too, which for me is the most important thing. Yeah, that's great. All right. So I think to jump right in, we'll probably um, give you a bit of a rundown what we're going to touch on. So we'll talk about sleep, you know, how it actually works what can impact it both negatively and positively. And we're going to focus obviously on the positives and how you can create a sleep routine and really protect your sleep so you can get a good night's sleep every night or most nights at the least. Um, And then, of course, we'll finish with our weekly vices like we always do. So to jump in, Ryan, how would you rate your sleep from one being like you don't sleep at all and 10 being amazing, you sleep all the way through the night? On that scale, how would you rate yourself? Probably on a good night, I would say a seven at the absolute most because I, I'm quite a restless sleeper. I've got a bit of an issue with my back, so I have to roll around to find a comfortable position. But in recent times, we've been thinking about getting a new bed and just seeing what uh, what I can change to make that a bit better. And as well, depending on the weather, because we don't have great air conditioning in our house, <laughs> um, I've got... Not really bad, but I've got eczema and that can uh, keep me up at night if my skin's a bit dry or itchy. So just trying to look after that. So I would say on a good night, a seven and then an average, probably a six. Yeah. So like a lot of the time, Ryan's probably not running a hundred percent through his day because he doesn't get good sleep, but we're trying to work on that and trying to fix little things. And and we'll, we'll talk about that as we go through the show. I, on the other hand, sleep really well. I'm a bit of a <laughs> prioritizer of my sleep, a bit of a grandma. I go to bed pretty much the same time every night and wake up the same time every day. So, um, you know, obviously weekends I do sleep in a half hour here or there, but my body clock's pretty consistent and I think that helps me get a solid night's sleep. To add, it has been very hot 
in Adelaide. So in the past fortnight, since we've been recording, we had our record temperature recorded here in um, our city, which was 46.6 or something ridiculous like that. It was yeah. very hot. So Ryan and I stayed at my mum's place because the aircon's way better um, than just kind of like a fan. So keeping that in mind, I guess my, my sleep is probably more to like the eight or nine. You know, I do maybe get up every now and then if I have a run of a bad sleep, but usually I'm knocked out cold um, and I, I'm pretty consistent. But that doesn't mean that I wake up refreshed all the time. There are times where I've used my phone before bed or, or been on screens or maybe just haven't put as much effort as I could have into my sleep routine like I usually would. And I'm pretty tired the next day. I think that also comes in hand with sort of training, going through pre-season. I'm, I'm pretty fatigued and I do do like an afternoon nap. Yeah. See, I don't nap. I don't know what it is. I'll get really tired, but I'm not in the habit of it. And I think well, during the school week, I probably don't have time to do that. But on the weekends, I think what I'm trying to get better at this year is switching off from work. And I think that could be part of my problem is... I probably have a bit too much screen time before bed and then that makes my brain quite active and then because I'm awake I think oh maybe I'll think about work and then that keeps me going so I've been working on a little bit of sleep hygiene with reading a book um, or just turning off my phone an hour before I go to bed and that does that does help quite a lot yeah, when definitely. I have done it in the past I've only done it a couple of times in the few few weeks previously but it's definitely made a difference so I'm going to try try my best to keep that going and hopefully get some better sleep yeah so that's exactly what we're going to touch on what are those things we can do and we'll build on why Ryan's made those changes but I think we should probably touch on like how sleep actually works so most of us would know that we have a natural body clock our body clock is our circadian rhythm and that's in tune to basically daylight hours. So we have a hormone called melatonin. Melatonin is the hormone that sends us to sleep. So when it's really high, we have this increased sleep pressure, this need to go to sleep. And hopefully most of us will respond to that and go to bed. And then when it comes to morning where we've gotten, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep, which is the recommended amount, then we're ready to wake up and that melatonin's back down to lower levels. So... If you think about here in Australia, we have some different hours. So obviously in winter, there's less sunlight. And so with our melatonin responding to that sunlight, it can get higher a little bit earlier. Um, and then you think about those countries that maybe have like 14 hours of sunlight, how hard it must be to get their body clock in tune. So it is really important to sort of like rise and go to sleep with the sun, so to speak. Um, but we can manipulate our environment to maximize that as well. Um, Again, melatonin does have a little bit of a peak at around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, just a natural rise, and that's where most of us experience that 3.30-itis. So it's a legit thing. Most of us would love to have a nap like the good old Europeans do, a little siesta. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, Western culture is not great like that. We have to power through. Uh, we can talk about some things to, to manage that as well. So sleep is essentially connected to that circadian rhythm. Um, but if we're talking about sleep itself, so once we actually go to sleep, um, Ryan, do you know much about the sleep cycles at all? A little bit. I did study psychology in year 12 and did PE and stuff through uni. But yeah, I know that there's um, different cycles. You've got your REM cycle and your deep and then you've got your, I'll just say shallow sleeping is what the word that I've got in my head. So knowing that you roll through those per night and what yeah. they do for your body. 
Yeah, essentially. So we do have a few different types of sleep. We're going to keep this as basic as possible, but we have REM and non-REM. So non-REM is REM meaning rapid eye movement. Non-REM is where we spend a lot of our time earlier on in the night. So what we do is we go through some cycles of non-REM, deep sleep, and then REM, and then we're into the next cycle. So those cycles will take about 90 minutes for the average person, and you're probably aiming for like four to five across across your time period while you're asleep. Um, so when we're looking at our non-REM, that's just basically when we're starting to fall asleep, we're pretty easily, you know, roused from that, woken up if someone calls our name or, you know, touches us. Um, but when we move into our, like, deep sleep, that's like if you wake up in the middle of that, you're going to feel pretty crappy. Yeah. And that sluggish feeling, kind of when you nap in those dangerous hours, it's kind of zone where you wake up and you're like, where am I? Yeah, that's what happens when you're in deep sleep. Um, you're solidifying a lot of your learnings from your day, your body's recovering and it's reducing and, and getting rid of a lot of the waste products that have built up in your body over the course of the day, getting you slowly ready to wake up. Um, and then REM. So REM is that rapid eye movement. It's when our body's in a bit of paralysis and it's be called that because your eyes move a lot, essentially. That's just the scientists weren't very creative. Um, so in this time, that's where you do a lot of dreaming as well. But the closer we get to waking up, the more REM we have. So every cycle has more and more REM in it, um, getting us closer to that wake-up period and, and obviously our brain being more active. So if we're aiming for four, you know, four to five cycles a night, trying to wake up at the end of a cycle rather than the middle of it, that can really help. Um, but again, trying to make the most of that natural body clock and go to bed at the same time every night. Then we can get those cycles in. I sort of just suggest people to work out when they want to wake up most days and then take, take away maybe seven to nine hours from there and then that's your bedtime and be consistent with it. Um, if you're way off, say you're going to bed at like 1, 12.30, 12 o'clock, just go to bed 15 minutes to 30 minutes earlier each, each night for like a week. And then go back again and again until you hit that target. Uh, in terms of those sleep cycles, we can manipulate them as well for naps too. So if we need a nap in, in the afternoon, ideally we want, don't want to depend on them all the time. But we can have that 30-minute nap, which is just in that sort of light sleep that we spoke about. Or we can get the full cycle. So about 60 to 90 minutes. Does that, does that make sense, Ryan? Do you feel like that covers off kind of what you, you were touching on in high school? You know, that was the quick version, but... There's so much information in there, so, um, but I think it's probably a good way to just start understanding a little better about how to sort of take control of it and what we need and what we, what we can do to help. Yeah, so definitely. So I think that gives you a bit of an understanding of, of how our body works. Sleep is essential. We need to sleep. We need to rest and restore. And if we don't do that, we're going to see those negative health outcomes. So a lot of the time, people who don't sleep enough. We'll have higher stress levels, poor long-term health outcomes, and it all is to do with the, the hormones that are then produced from lack of sleep and also from your body not being able to go through a lot of its processes where it misses out on deep sleep. So it is worthwhile investing in your sleep and all those products that are to do with that as well. So whether it's a good quality pillow or mattress, they're all worth investing into. So if we're thinking about an example of a negative health outcome, so when we don't get enough sleep, we have a natural overproduction of ghrelins. So that's our appetite hormone. And then our body also downregulates our leptin, which is our fullness. So we just get really, really hungry. And because we are a little bit stressed, we have reduced sort of functioning in terms of impulse control and decision making. And maybe we, we haven't planned ahead for our meals and we're probably going to end up choosing a not so great choice. 
maybe it's highly processed and like we're talking about the healthy eating podcast it then can influence our energy poorly again so we feel even crap once we've eaten that and then we're not feeling great we're feeling tired so we move less we do less exercise we also do less of like the fidgeting or walking around in the office as well so overall we're eating more we're moving less and we're not really giving our body much of a positive health outcome so we don't really want to do that. Instead, we do want to prioritize our sleep. So that's just one example of some negative health outcomes. But things that negatively impact our sleep, so stopping us to get to sleep. Ryan, can you think of anything that if you do before bed or maybe on that day that keeps you up? I know you mentioned a few earlier. Yeah, so definitely being on my phone, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube or anything like that, even if it's um, doing work for school, looking through the curriculum or finding resources, so phone and laptop, um, phone it's a little different with the TV, I don't know whether that's to do with the light emitted out of that, but um, yeah, just that screen time mm-hmm. uh, really gets me, and then even if it's something that's sort of keeping me up, like... Just your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not being able to switch off. Yeah, definitely. And that's really normal. So we see it a lot with clients... Um, with the thought patterns and so many people just are really anxious before bed we we tend to have that that moment where we're thinking of everything we didn't get to do for the day or everything we got to do for the next day so there's a few things you can do for that in particular when you finish work you need to have a break period between finishing work and getting home and that's it for the day you really need that separation so it could be going for a quick walk just sitting in your car even when you pull up listening to a song trying to have that break that separates home and work Uh, It could be before you leave work, even writing a to-do list of what you want to do for the next day or all the things that you maybe didn't get done. So it's taking that off your mind. And then last resort is having a little journal or notepad next to your bed and just writing down if you are struggling to get to sleep, what are those thoughts? And that way you know you're not going to forget them. In terms of, you know, your screen time, the reason that keeps you up is that the blue light, which we've heard a lot about in recent years, uh, is impacting our body and the natural body clock and that's because it acts as another light source so our body sees that it it down regulates our melatonin and it reduces our need to go to sleep so it kind of puts you back a little bit a couple of hours and stops your brain switching off as well obviously if you're interacting so regardless if it's a laptop phone tv ipad they all have the same light emissions i don't know why tvs maybe it's just because you're not interacting as well with it maybe i don't know um but it is good news that things like a Mac or an iPhone sorry, do have a yellow light setting you can put on there now, yeah. um, which is good. Most, most phones do, but we still want to kind of reduce that interaction. So I recommend for most people getting off our devices. If you can do it two hours before bed, that's super. But if you can't, an hour before bed is sort of that minimum so you can start that routine. Uh, other things that negatively impact your sleep are obviously caffeine. So Ryan and I love a good coffee. Um, I'm probably drink it a lot less than Ryan does throughout the day just because I have one in the morning most days and maybe a second shot here or there, whether it's a pod or bought. Um, but Ryan tends to have a little bit more in terms of, of caffeine shots and I do get on his back. <laughs> yeah, I probably, I mean, the most I'll have is two double shots from a cafe. Um, a lot of the time, that, that's really expensive. So most of the time I'll have a double shot in the morning before I go to school and while I'm getting ready for the day, I'll drink that or just in the car ride in. And then about recess time or depending depending on the day, I could be really busy. Um, I'll either have 
yeah, just like a, an instant mix or something like that. But the school I'm at now has a plunger, which is very Ooh, nice. fancy. Yeah, it is. A, it's good. The teachers look after each other there. So it's just a bit of a shared thing. So, mm. um, but I'll try not to have coffee after 12 and my sort of my upper limit is one o'clock yeah where i I won't have a coffee after that yeah and when we're talking about caffeine so what happens is it blocks some of our receptors um for our melatonin and and like a a feel for that sleep pressure so we don't actually respond to some of those waste products that build up throughout the day so during our normal metabolism we have um, like an atp molecule um so that t1 is the one that kind of builds up over the course of the day and that's what tells us to go to sleep the sleep pressure of that metabolism um, waste products getting too high caffeine blocks the receptor for that so it allows us to build it up higher than what we would otherwise have um so we want to make sure that we're kind of stopping about six hours before bed so caffeine does have a six hour half-life so if you have six cups you've still got three in your system by the time you get to bed if you're having that within six hours Mm -hmm. so it does take a while to break down and in terms of quantities the average shot from say like an espresso bar or even the pods is about 100 milligrams so between 80 and 120 is generally the range so if you're having three or four you know, bought coffees a day or shots of coffee, you're getting up to your recommended amount, which is maximum about 400 milligrams for the average person. So, you know, put that into perspective. Instant coffee is a bit less. You can have about six cups um, and same with tea. But yeah, those real fortified espresso shots, it's hard to judge as well. Some places will be stronger than others, but I generally recommend sticking to one to two shots. And then obviously things like dark chocolate, Coke all have caffeine in it too. We don't just get it from coffee and tea. So being aware of that as well. So my biggest tip is, yeah, like you said, not have them after about 12, one o'clock in the afternoon or about six to eight hours before you want to go to sleep. Other stimulants, alcohol. So back in the day, they swear by a nip of whiskey before bed to get them through the night, right? Have you felt like you sleep better if you have a few drinks or? Um, actually, in recent times, I've found that I... I'm sleeping worse, even if it's just one or two beers, catching up with a friend or, you know, Friday night drinks. I've really noticed over the last six months uh, not being able to get to sleep. I don't know whether it's because when I have the alcohol, my skin gets a little flared up or I think probably just the energy from the alcohol is yeah. is keeping me going. But it's something that I'm really looking into and making sure if I've got a big week ahead of me really reducing that yeah definitely so with alcohol i think back in the day they used to have it they used to put whiskey in like milk bottles for kids i reckon that was a thing like way back in the day we're talking about like 70 years ago or something yeah they used to put like and on the dummy as well like used to put weird stuff anyway we, we digress what happens when we have alcohol is that we get to sleep really quickly, but it stops us moving into deep sleep. So you'll be knocked out. We've all been there. We've maybe had a few too many and we're like, we're passed out on bed, but we're actually not getting a good quality sleep. So we don't get that restorative effect. And often the next day you're feeling a bit hungover because you actually haven't got the sleep that you need. Um, and I guess, you know, maybe it's four or five hours of sleep versus your usual seven to nine. So I do recommend sticking to the recommended one to two standard drinks um, each day but not trying to have them before bed if you feel like it is impacting you um, lastly obviously drugs and smoking we don't recommend but they do stimulate 
your systems in the same way. So we want to make sure we're reducing those two. Um, and lastly, there's some foods. So if we think about when we eat a really big meal before bed, that digestive process continues and then we're trying to go to sleep. So what can happen is you're trying to go to sleep and your digestion's still needing to break down some food. That can keep you awake. So try and have smaller meals just before bed if you're eating or you know within one to two hours of going to bed. And then we also want to reduce like spicy food just before bed as well. So that thermogenic effect of food, Ryan's smiling because every now and then we have curry. But yeah, we want to make sure that that doesn't keep us awake because it does increase our temperature. And when we go to bed, we want our temperature to be dropping down, not going up because that's what tells us to go to sleep. So a little little fun facts and nuggets here and there. But um, yeah, so avoid big meals and spicy meals just before bed as well. How come Georgia then, when I have a big pasta meal, oh. and like a you know a oh, big a one, one, yeah, like you know ones that you would typically get in Italy or something, how come I'm feeling really tired after those? And yeah. I've, I've even found after a big meal of pasta, mm. you know, obviously good quality whole grain stuff, but you still ready for bed? Well, I'm more ready for bed, and I yeah. think I, it conks me out a bit. Yeah, better. definitely. And there's a reason for that. So this is where we move from how you know negative effects are on our sleep and why we don't go to sleep to the positive things we can do to to get us to sleep. And while we're on the food track, essentially we have an amino acid called tryptophan. So when we're talking about melatonin earlier, tryptophan is a precursor amino acid to serotonin, that feel good hormone, which then leads to melatonin, which is your sleep. So tryptophan is pretty high in our meat based products, in eggs, in fish and in dairy. But It's an amino acid that has to compete with a few other nutrients in our bloodstream to get its effect. But what happens when we have it with a carbohydrate food is that we eat those carbs, we produce insulin as a hormone response, which takes the glucose as energy into your cells and it takes all the other amino acids and substrates that are running around our bloodstream into the cells and all that's left is tryptophan. So there's less competition when it comes to producing our melatonin for other amino acids. So essentially we're just, we get to fast track that process. So we're producing more melatonin more quickly because we've had our, our carbohydrate based foods. So if you want to maximize your sleep, there are some people that back end their carbohydrate intake for the day. So they don't really have much for breakfast. They have a small portion across the day and then they have a really big meal before bed to help them conk out. So that's something you can do as well. And we've all been there. We've all had that massive bowl of pasta or, you know, maybe some pizza and things like that for lunch. And we feel like we need a nap in the afternoon because we're just so exhausted. Um, Again, it can be your digestion working overtime, but it's definitely the impact with that melatonin increase. So it's almost like a catalyst and cleaning out your body, getting it ready. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I guess we used to have this, this approach where like, carbs were banned after dark that any carbs we ate would would automatically turn to fat we don't have a time in our body clock where anything we eat turns to fat at all it's just whether that digestive process can impact on our uh, going to sleep so again allowing that one to two hours for that breakdown at least um, i would recommend Uh, some other things that can help so i sort of five main things we want to focus on are our, our sleep routine so doing the same thing every night we want a really good environment. Uh, we want to make sure we're reducing screen usage, reducing those stimulants, and looking at a meal that's positive for getting us to sleep. So we've covered off on most of those, but we really want to look at a routine. So if you think about when you're a kid, 
particularly younger children, you have a solid sleep routine. You'd, you have your dinner, you maybe have a bottle, you get bathed, you get read a story, you get tucked in and you go to sleep. And that's the same every single night. For some reason, we become an adult and we completely forget about that. But we can do the same things for ourselves to create this psychological routine as a signal for us that it's time to go to bed. Um, so what we can do there is the same sort of things. Maybe it's have dinner at the same time or similar time. Or maybe just brush your teeth, have a bit of a stretch. You can put your feet up and on the wall to increase some blood flow and, and reduce some of those waste products, especially if you have hot feet at the end of the night. It's always funny seeing you come in, or I've come in, I normally come into the bedroom a little later than you and you're just lying there. <laughs> with my feet with your, up on the wall. With your legs up on the wall, reading a book. And it's just a, fun, it's it's a funny weird. sight. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if you live with someone or you're, you know, you're living with your partner... And one of you does that, you'll probably be in for a bit of a laugh. So <laughs> Definitely. It's good before Yeah, bed. and I think a book's a good substitute for using your phone and things as well. So Absolutely. that's all part of that routine. So see what works for you, what you can do most nights realistically and keep that as a routine. And lastly, we want a good sleep environment. So our room should be as dark as possible. Get good quality blinds. If maybe there's a bit poking through, you can get like those Velcro sticky things, like stick the blinds onto the wall. Um, an eye mask, if you're comfortable with that, works as well. Uh, we want it to be a cool room. So unlike us with no aircon, ideally we want to keep a temperature around 18 to 20 degrees. So that's ideal sleeping temperature. Uh, we want good quality pillow and mattress as well. If we're uncomfortable or it doesn't suit our sleeping position, we're not going to be able to sleep well. Um, they're expensive, but you know, you're sleeping a third of your life. You, you want to invest in that time. Uh, and then we want to make sure that it's quiet as possible. So maybe it's putting a fan on for some white noise, uh, wearing earplugs if you have a very noisy household or maybe you do shift work. So do what you can to create this sleep environment. Um, so I think they're the main things we want to really focus on. So sleep routine, including same bedtime, same wake up if we can. We want a good environment, so dark, cool, quiet and comfy. We want to reduce our screen time before bed, so one to two hours um, off that screen time if we can. And then we want to avoid stimulants too. I think that pretty much covers how we can really improve our sleep and, and get the most out of it. And of course... We can have that meal that promotes sleep as well. That might help if you are really struggling. So a little nightcap of maybe some like yoga and muesli. Um, we have Milo that works too. Delicious. <laughs> Milo and milk, perfect pre-bed uh, sort of drink to top you up for the night. Um, I, I really feel like we've covered most of the things you, ne- you need to know as an essential for your sleep. So hopefully this helps. If you can implement good sleep, you're more likely to be able to hit those goals we spoke about in some of our earlier podcasts. You're more likely to eat better. You're more likely to want to be exercising. Um, and then you know, exercising helps sleep as well. So it's a, it's a cycle you need to break into. Yeah. And I think the hard, the hard part is creating new habits. So for me, I feel like I've done a few little things, but not sequentially or not all at the same time and really stuck to it you know start of the school year for me has thrown out routines that I've been in or I'm creating new routines with that so I think for most people out there who are like me who kind of go oh well I don't do that and whatever or it seems a little funny it will it, it'll pay off trying to crack into a routine and give it a bit of time mm. I always tell my kids at school, if it doesn't work the first time, keep trying and keep trying, probably even four or five more times. Mm -hmm. And then you might start to say, yeah, probably at least, this is probably for a few different things, but keep going, 
don't give up on it mm. and then you start to see the positive benefits or just the benefits from, from making it. that habit change yeah absolutely yeah it's definitely one that's worthwhile um of course this is all relatable too to people who don't have kids that's that's a whole nother kettle of fish so we understand that's a really difficult time difficult process so it's worth investing um some some time and money into a health professional that can help with that as well so if you do feel like you have an underlying condition that impacts your sleep or you have something sinister going on that you think you can't actually treat yourself always check with your gp first they'll flag for any of those conditions uh, and then they can refer on to a health professional we don't want to be relying on sleep tablets to get to sleep it's a it's a spiral you don't want to get into so try and see your gp first and get that all sorted out but i think these tips will definitely help yeah, and these, these are just things that we've tried and Georgia obviously has put in a lot of evidence and there's science to back it up. So um, hopefully this has been... A worthwhile listen. Yeah, and we might even touch on it further in the future. Yeah, maybe do a follow-up to see if I've actually been able to crack into <laughs> yeah. a routine. Yeah. I'm sort of the guinea pig with a lot of these things <laughs> just to see how they go. I know, and I nag him about it all the time, so he has to do it. Yeah. Okay, so to wrap up, we're going to touch on our weekly vices. So it's been a couple of weeks, so there might be some things that carry over two weeks. But Ryan, what's been getting you through? What's been, you know, getting you excited? Well, obviously the start of the school year has probably added a little bit of stress to my life. Um, but I mean, I did have a really good week, so that kind of calmed me down. However, I was lucky enough to purchase a new car. So earlier when you mentioned the hot streak that we had the 46.6 unluckily a week or two before we had that i my air conditioner broke in my car and i've been hanging on to this car for almost 10 years now and wow. finding excuses i didn't know it was 10 years that's so long yeah i bought it in maybe 2010 so yeah just yeah. short of probably just short of nine um and i mean it's done me really well but the air conditioner died and that was the straw that broke the camel's back mm. for me. So saved up a little bit of money and was able to get a new van. So we're going to do that up, uh, not for anything serious, but just to make it a bit of a camper and make it a bit of fun that we mm. can go on weekend trips when we both line up our schedules. And knowing that I was purchasing that late in the week on Thursday, that really carried me through, kept me excited and kept me going to yeah, make sure I was able to leave work on time on Thursday to go and pick that up. Yeah, that it was really exciting and he had so much energy afterwards. Felt, it was yeah, quite cute, really. I felt like a child again, yeah. getting getting a new toy. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, for me, I have wanted a van since I was a kid and then I think I had a car that met all my needs and wants, mm. but it was just, I found the right one for me. So, did a bit of research, but yeah, it's good. Kept me, kept me stoked. Great. Um, Georgia, what about you? What's your vice that has been getting you through this week? Well, I've had a bit of like up and down couple of weeks trying to motivate myself to get some work done and it's been so hot as well. So what has gotten me through this week is Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> so I have been putting it on the background like because Ryan's been at work so I haven't had someone to like break up my day and like just hang out with for five minutes. I've just been working by myself in my study so it can be really unmotivating at times um so netflix has been nice in the background i actually watched harry potter three no two three four and five 
<laughs> over the course of like two days. Oh, I love Harry Potter so much, but it was like, I've watched it so many times that I could just have it in the background and it was like a bit of company for me yeah, while I not, slogged out some work. You're not concentrating when you've watched movies that amount of times. Yeah. You, you know what the characters are saying and yeah. you know what's happening, so you can just sort of switch out of it. Yeah, so uh, Netflix and Harry Potter was my uh, weekly vice this week. No shame in that either. I, I love some, some just stuff to turn my brain off for a little bit every now and then. Yeah, and we... Yeah, we came up with an IT agreement that we mm. might speak more on on another episode because yeah, we are getting towards the end. But, you know, making compromises and getting a healthy balance with screen time and mm. that leisure time as well, you know, when we've got busy weeks. So Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's everything from us. As usual, it'd be really great if you could support our channel by subscribing. It lets other people see that you've liked this podcast and same with adding a, a review or even just dropping five stars for us. The more people we can help, the better. We just really want to get that reach out there. We've had such great feedback so far. So thank you so much. If you have reviewed us or you've let us know that you've enjoyed the content, um, we'll keep asking you what you want. So we did put a little bit of... Um, a kind of release out on my Instagram about what content. So we'll, that has helped structure some future episodes. But other than that, that's everything for us and we will catch you in a couple of weeks. See you guys. Thank you.